Hey, welcome back to Truth Unbound, and I'm Walter Swaim, your host once again. And as you can see, I'm trying a little something else uh, with my microphone here, uh, because to be honest, for over the last year, I've used a stack of wood <laughs> to hold up my microphone. Uh, but anyway, uh, we're going to give this a try and see how it goes. Well, this past June, we drew, we drew your attention to a survey done by Barna at the Cultural Research Center. And that survey is, was called and is called the American World Inventory 2022. It came out in the beginning of this year where they surveyed 1,000 pastors across the major denominational groupings in the United States. Now, we reported on how only 37% of pastors had a biblical worldview. Now, the center, led by Barna, has released several summaries of this survey of their sh shocking conclusions drawn from the survey throughout the year. And now in this latest one, something else has been revealed, and it has gone viral across Christian websites and social media and still being discussed. And, well, I hope you're seated, because here's what they found. Of the seven denominational groupings in the report, just one, only one of the denominational groups had at least three out of every four pastors who said they held biblical viewpoints. Now, among the other groups, none had at least three of four pastors with biblical views. According to the report, just 39% of evangelical pastors said there is no absolute moral truth, and each individual must determine their own truth. Just 38% said human life is sacred, and only 37% say having faith matters more than which faith you have. Three out of every 20 said they do not believe their salvation is based on having confessed their sins and accepting Jesus Christ as their Savior. Of the 17 beliefs listed in the study, at least 75% of evangelical pastors said they agreed with four only four of those 17 beliefs. And there's more. The survey also found that holiness churches and traditionally black denominations reported zero instances where at least three out of four pastors said they held biblical worldviews. 70% of pastors associated with traditionally black congregations believe that reincarnation is possible. You heard that right. Just 34% of Catholics agreed that human life is sacred. Now that's ironic, but moving on. One third of senior pastors said they believe sexual relations between two unmarried people who believe they love each other is morally acceptable. One third of them believe that moral truth is up to each individual. And one third believe that the Holy Spirit is not a living entity, but a symbol of God's power, presence, or purity. Now, this one is especially alarming. At least a third of those surveyed also said they believe socialism is preferable to capitalism and that allowing property ownership facilitates economic injustice, which researchers say could point to the, quote, increase of cultural and political influence into the church, unquote. Also very stunning is that these findings show that it, the least biblically centered pastors by a substantial margin are those who serve as executive pastors. Only 4% of them held biblical worldviews. 
also teaching pastors and children's or youth pastors believed very little of those 17 major beliefs and did not have a full, rounded, biblical worldview. This revealed as well that pastors who were more likely to embrace biblical principles were those from non-denominational and independent Protestant churches, not traditional Christian denominational groupings and churches. This entire survey is stunning and beyond discouraging. And why is this so stunning and discouraging? Because a leader of a church or ministry who calls himself a follower of Jesus Christ should be entirely on board with all biblical worldview beliefs, all of them. And the results should show 100% of all of them should hold to biblical beliefs. In response to this just yesterday, Franklin Graham said on his Facebook and Twitter accounts, I don't know which 1,000 pastors this group surveyed, but the results are concerning. 39% of evangelical pastors surveyed recently said there is no absolute moral truth and that, quote, each individual must determine their own truth. Franklin said, what a lie. They also said that, shockingly, 30% of evangelical pastors do not believe that their salvation is based on having confessed their sins and accepting Jesus Christ as their Savior. Researchers also found that one-third or more of the senior pastors they surveyed said they believe that people can merit, that means earn, their salvation based solely on their good works. These are all lies. And this kind of false teaching is what is leading people and churches astray. The Bible is God's word from cover to cover. It is the absolute truth. We should live by it and we can die by it. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. End quote from Franklin Graham right there. Amen and amen to that. So then just what in the world is going on with our pastors? We're going to find out and find out what God's truth tells us to do in response right now. Well, hey, welcome back again with me here at Truth Unbound. And if you're loving and growing in Christ from the wonderful truths of God that we're discovering in his word here, then would you click on like and then follow, comment, and share the link to it with everyone. So, well, let me stop the shameless plug. <laughs> Let's get right to it. So again, this survey was of several denominational groupings of churches. Now, what were the ones that they used? Well, this is how he, the, he or the research center lists them. Number one, non-denominational Christian or Christian independent. Number two, evangelical. Three, mainline Protestant. Four, Pentecostal Charismatic, five, Catholic, six, holiness, and seven, traditionally black. Now, Barna and the research center he leads there at Arizona Christian University did not reveal all of the 17 questions verbatim that make up the biblical worldview survey they sent to the pastors. But one article reveals some of them. And one of those, are, one of those questions was, is human life is sacred? 
and the Bible is ambiguous regarding abortion, it is possible to make a compelling biblical argument either for or against abortion. Another one was the personal accumulation of money and other forms of wealth are entrusted to a person by God to manage for his purpose. Another one was success in life is consistent obedience to God. Another one asked about, if they agreed or disagreed with, was determining moral truth is up to each individual. There are no moral absolutes that apply to everyone all the time. Here's another one. Having faith matters more than which faith you have. Next, a person who is generally good or does enough good things for others will earn a place in heaven. And then this one. Doing good alone constitutes enough to secure a place in heaven. And then another says, when you die, you will go to heaven only because you have confessed your sins and have accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior. And lastly, here's the big one. Reincarnation is a real possibility. Wow. Well, all in all, Barna's Research Center at Arizona Christian defines a biblical worldview as this, quote, as believing that absolute moral truth exists, the Bible is totally accurate in all of the principles it teaches. Satan is considered to be a real being or force, not merely symbolic. A person cannot earn their way into heaven by trying to be good or do good works. Jesus Christ lived a sinless life on earth. And God is the all-knowing, all-powerful creator of the world who still rules the universe today, end quote. Now, again, this is so stunning. And frankly, it's embarrassing. It's actually atrocious for those who would call themselves, first of all, followers of Jesus. And secondly, who call themselves leaders of God's flock and representatives of his truth and the gospel. Now, one question is this, why is it that most non-denominational pastors were in greater agreement with a biblical worldview? Now, even though Barna doesn't go into that detail per se, it is more likely that many of these pastors had already, already had sound theological training, yet their denomination had departed from a biblical worldview, and so they went independent from their denomination, to preserve the truth of God for themselves and the congregations that they pastor and teach. It can also mean many came to a realization or a reawakening of, the, of having doctrinal purity, or they had little or no denominational allegiance in the first place. So it could be for any of those reasons that non-denominational pastors were in agreement with a full biblical worldview. Nevertheless, one very interesting finding they discovered as well was this. It says, Dr. George Barna, the Cultural Research Center's Director of Research, said the results are connected to pastors not regularly engaging in spiritual practices. Quote, while studying the spiritual behavioral patterns of pastors, it became evident that a large share of them do not have a regular spiritual routine. There was a correlation between possessing biblical beliefs and a consistent regimen of Bible reading, prayer, worship, and confession. In some of the denominational groupings, a majority of pastors do not engage 
in those foundational spiritual practices on a regular basis. Yet, among the pastors who have the most consistently biblical beliefs, there's also a daily routine that incorporates all of those disciplines, unquote. Barna also explained that the number of ministerial responsibilities pastors are tasked with could be one reason they barely engage in, pract- in spiritual practices. Barna says, other research among pastors I have undertaken suggests that pastors' jobs are overwhelming. The typical pastor is expected by church members to handle an enormous number and range of tasks. In such situations, it must be easy to neglect the fundamentals in order to address tasks that seem more pressing and urgent. Unfortunately, after a prolonged period of such neglect, the foundations become weak and the person changes, in this case, not for the better, unquote. So this can very likely mean that many who did not identify or agree with a biblical worldview have become pastors in the first place, became pastors as a career choice and not a calling, not born out of a personal thriving relationship with God, but an overall just generic spiritual journey they embrace that has no gospel beginning to it. Or God forbid, they just went into the ministry because, well, frankly, they couldn't get a job doing anything else. And yes, that has happened. I have attested to that. So what conclusions can we come to with this disturbing news from this survey? Well, first of all, it is very obvious that seminaries in general have been falling away and failing our Lord in the body of Christ in preparing solid, doctrinally sound leaders who have come to them for training in the word and for ministry, and they have failed in this for years. This requires an upheaval in revival and equipping seminaries with doctrinally sound teachers. And also the seminaries have been, we've proven this, have been too busy integrating worldly philosophies and woke liberalism into the theological training and even in the practical pastoral training. Philosophies such as Marxism, critical race theory, old earth creationism, which is another form of evolutionism, among others, are being taught in the seminaries and mixed in with the theology, thus why we have that failure. Also, a lot of seminaries and workshops and seminars, etc., are training and teaching pastors not to preach and teach effectively directly from God's Word as it is, but in giving motivational TED Talks with some Bible verses mixed in with it. This leads us to another reason this could be happening, and that is our churches are led for decades now to teach moral therapeutic deism, which is the idealism of teaching there is a loving God, that good people go to heaven, and we are to be nice to others, and that's enough to be a Christian. Now, they're teaching this in place of making fervent, dedicated disciples of Jesus who are passionate for Christ and compassionate with immovable doctrinal integrity. I also believe that another reason is the leadership of churches seeking pastors need to drill down better on the accuracy and core beliefs and worldview and philosophies of ministry of the candidates candidates that approach them about being their pastor. We also need to stay humble and submissive to God in how we interpret his word. 
We need to keep our nose in the book and in the spiritual disciplines, walking humbly and abiding in Christ, and sticking to what a Bible passage plainly says, not what I want it to say in order to please people or to make preaching sound a little more sexier. Those that are training for ministry need to remember to, that they are there to feed the sheep, not just pet the sheep. They need to make disciples of Jesus, not crowd pleasers, to give them meat after they give them the initial milk. We also need to be aware of fake teachings mascul- masquerading as biblical, to deny those teaching and their teachers who try to enter into the local church. I remember years ago in a church I started and pastored for several years in South Florida, we had a dear man and his wife in our congregation who we loved greatly. He was in our, even in my home, we had hired him to put his incredible carpentry skills to work and he made an amazing countertop in our kitchen. He was so well-skilled. But along the way, he read and soon adopted the belief that a believer could become sinless in his daily life, in this early life, in other words, that a person can become declared fully sanctified and declared sinless in actuality now and not in the future when they get to heaven, but can be fully sinless now every day around and with others. This was and is a gross interpretation of what is called the Bible doctrine of sanctification. And so it was one of the most painful things I've ever done in ministry to sit down with him privately and to confront him lovingly but firmly on this false teaching as he was spreading it uh, among the people of the church and starting confusion. But in the end, he wouldn't repent of it and would not return to biblical teaching on sanctification. And so in, in the end, I had to ask him to leave. It was so hard. And those things are hard to do, but they have to be done so that the church itself is not devoured and divided by false teaching of false teachers. Remember what Paul told the Ephesian pastors in the book of Acts, chapter 20, verses 28 through 30? He said this, Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Also from among yourselves, men will rise up, speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after themselves." And so we as pastors have a sacred responsibility to protect our flock and to protect our own hearts and minds against false doctrine, which can be so subtle. It sounds truthful, but it rea- in reality it isn't. And so let us, be, let us be on guard, as Paul said, and let us be careful with what is being taught through a special speaker we invite in or ourselves and what we're reading and learning. We must really search the scriptures to see if what is being taught and what we're understanding is truly what the word of God says and what the author originally intended. So believer, if you're seeking a church family to unite with and serve and worship in, then patiently find a church that is true to the word of God, especially on the central and basic doctrines of the faith and biblical worldview. 
not secondary and debatable issues, but on the basic fundamental teachings and creeds of the faith that God has given us, that Jude said was once delivered to the saints. So that understand this, that when we call out false teaching, we're not trying to be hateful or legalistic. It is, as we saw in Paul's words to the Ephesian pastors and throughout what the other writers of the New Testament tell us about or warn us about, it is a sacred responsibility to protect the flock of God for which you and I as pastors and other types of church leaders over ministries must give an account as well to God one day in heaven for taking care of and protecting and feeding the sheep. Well, this has certainly been eye-opening, and in the end, I, I really hope that it, this has been informative for you and it help, has helped you to discern the situation as well from a biblical mindset, a biblical worldview. Well, again, I ask you, don't forget to click on like, subscribe, follow, and share this and other podcasts from Truth Unbound. And remember to follow Jesus, because when you do, you'll always follow the truth. Until next time.